Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, October 1st, 2020. I'm Andrew Hansen, joined by Shane Caldwell, and it's the week four main slate show. And Shane, I'm psyched because the main slate's been our bread and butter here, providing lineups to our members. We're 13 and 2 on the main slate across FanDuel, DraftKings, Yahoo with hybrid lineups and GPPs. So we've we've dug in again here with our research. Are you ready to crush it again in week four? Yeah, absolutely. We only have 12 games. You know, it's hard to believe that it's already That's week right. four in the NFL. And all of a sudden the COVID thing starts showing its showing its ugly head a little bit here with uh, Tennessee having several personnel staff and players uh, testing positive. So the Tennessee uh, Pittsburgh game, we don't know exactly when it's going to play at this point on Thursday night as we're recording this. I'm sure they're going to figure that out. But for now, for main slate purposes, those players are out of the player pool, so we don't need to discuss that game right now. Uh, we'll focus on the main 12 games, and yeah, we've broken down and done a lot of analysis to help get, give you guys to give everyone the best, uh, some of the best player picks of some of our early thoughts. Things will change between now and, and uh, Sunday. That's why you want to check out our future podcast that posts, you know, Sunday night, uh, where we give some final player picks. And obviously, you want to be able to, uh, you know, become a member and jump in our Discord Sunday morning, so we can we can help you out. With with final decisions and and you can have access to our full lineups we provide which like you said are cashing at 86 percent for the main slate yeah that's right so if you want to jump in as a member get our lineups just go to our website dfscoachtalk.com pick up the week the month or the annual membership or the fall special which takes you through the end of the year perfect for football players um, and then what we do is we give out uh, three full lineups on FanDuel one for cash games two for GPPs we give out a coach's core, a coach's clipboard with core plays on DraftKings and pivots, so you can make your lineup, and then a Yahoo hybrid if you're playing over on Yahoo. So we'd love to have you join us. We got a great community of members, uh, really growing and uh, having a terrific time. And there's nothing like providing lineups to uh, to members and everybody celebrating together. So uh, that's what we're going to keep doing here, and we're going to get right into the week four main slate, uh, so we can build some lineups. We're going to go game by game. That's what we do on the Thursday shows. And then that late Saturday night show is when we go position by position. So uh, hit the uh, the like button and the subscribe button on YouTube, and then you'll be notified when our next NFL podcast posts. Shane, want to say a quick thank you to our presenting sponsor, BetUS. Uh, go to betus.com.pa for all your sports wagering needs. We have a great 125% match on your first deposit if you use the promo code COACHTALK. So thank you very much to BetUS for everything they do with us as a partner. All right, Shane, game one here. Uh, there are 12 games on the main slate this week, like you said, due to the postponement of the Titans and Steelers game. There are nine one o'clock games and three four o'clock games. And just to give you an idea of some of the totals, there are seven totals of at least 50 points on BetUS and five that are under 50. So that's kind of a magic number this week. Uh, certainly we want to target the high over-under games as a general rule, but uh, we're going to obviously look at the context of each matchup uh, before we make our player picks. So looking at the first game on the slate, we're going to break down the Indianapolis Colts 2-1, and one, traveling to visit the Bears, undefeated 3-0, and oh, and on BetUS, uh, Indianapolis is actually a two and a half point favorite over under only 43 though one of the lowest on the board 
So uh, anyone here in game one that you're interested in rostering? You know, I've pretty much uh, we've we've been on Jonathan Taylor pretty much every week, and uh, he he's a borderline play for me this week. I haven't went full, uh, you know, hundred percent in on Jonathan Taylor, um, but when I looked into it a little further, uh, you're going to be able to get him at lower ownership because when people see that he's at Chicago, that is a perceived very difficult matchup. Uh, but really, when I looked at the grades for run, uh, run defense for Chicago, they're actually not that great. They're not in the elite category like a lot of people perceive them. And the matchup of the Indianapolis offensive line versus the Chicago defensive line, Indianapolis has a huge advantage there. Um, so what I've seen when I looked up the grades and kind of seen who they matched up so far, that Chicago is not as good against the run as people think they are which leads me to believe that Jonathan Taylor is actually a sneaky play where he's been a little chalky the last couple of weeks. He's actually more of a sneaky play. He's priced up a little bit, 7,500 on FanDuel. Um, but so I think Jonathan Taylor is a good play because you're going to give him at lower ownership. And I think he's due to actually have a huge breakout game, like a ceiling game where he's had his consistent, pretty good floor games. I think he, he has the type of talent to break out. Uh, for a ceiling game here. And I think that, uh, like I said, people are not going to be on them. So that's the main guy that I'm looking at for Indianapolis. And then for Chicago, I think the main guy I'm looking at is Allen Robinson. Uh, I think that you should have a boost with Allen Robinson with Nick Foles in there now. You figure Nick Foles is a little bit more accurate passer than Trubisky. And uh, Allen Robinson is a dominant, uh, dominant wide receiver he should get one-on-one -on -one matchup. Uh, I think he's going against mostly P Pierre Desir. Uh, so it's just kind of a neutral matchup. Indianapolis has been great on defense. They're one of the top defenses in the league right now, and they've been good against the pass. But they haven't really played uh, very many elite wide receivers and, and good passing games here. And I think Nick Foles upgrades this passing game. So that's why I'm looking at Allen Robinson as that mid-tier guy, you know, mid-upper price guy that I think could have a good game here. And that's pretty much the extent of, of what I'm looking at for this game. I think, like I said, I think Jonathan Taylor's kind of sneaky here. Yeah, I think he is too. Um, Atlanta did has, have success on the ground last week against Chicago. Gurley and Hill combined for 138 yards and two scores. So I think that probably goes into that grade that you're talking about. And uh, I agree. If you go with Taylor here, uh, you get him at a lower ownership. And uh, he is he's rested. You know, they didn't need him last week. Uh, so that would be a nice GPP play. You're uh, right. They did sit him in the fourth quarter. I noticed that when I watched the game that, yeah, he was he was out of there. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Easy win. And Wilkins got in there and got some carries. So yep. uh, on the Bears side, you know, Foles, really great start there coming in in relief, throwing three touchdown passes. Uh, so he's got uh, some good chemistry. It, it is a tough matchup. Foles would be a GPP play for me, uh, but probably won't probably won't go to the Bears offense. Uh, and I do want to mention the, uh, the injury to Tariq Cohen. With him out, in case you're wondering, the backup that they called up from the practice squad is Artavis Pierce. The problem is he's not available on the DraftKings main slate as of right now, uh, Thursday evening. So we'll see if that changes. Uh, he is available on FanDuel at 4,500. Um, so just wanted folks to be aware of that. All right. Game two is New Orleans traveling to Detroit. Uh, Saint, both teams one and two. And uh, the Saints are four-point favorites on BetUS over under 54, one of the biggest totals of the week. And you are our Detroit Lions man. You can find... Uh, Shane on Twitter, by the way, at DET Sports Shane. He is the Detroit sportsman. 
you can follow me on Twitter at Language Olympic. Um, so Shane, uh, talk to me about this Lions group here at home, underdogs with a big over-under. Yeah, I mean, there should be a pretty high-scoring game. Yeah, they're four, uh, New Orleans four-point favorites. Uh, this is a very interesting game. Both both uh, really good offenses here. Um, you know, it's decent defenses. I think the Lions defense is ascending. I think they were able to contain Kyler Murray, as I talked about last week, you know, uh, that I thought they were going to be able to contain him. They end up picking him off three times, and they dropped a fourth interception in that game. Um, so what I've seen is the front seven, Detroit is finally healthy. They have all their guys together. They're actually getting pressure and that's helping the secondary out. And if the Lions get Desmond Trufant back, which it looks like they're going to, that's going to upgrade the secondary even more. So they're finally going to be healthy. So the Lions are underrated uh, uh, defense here. Uh, the issue is, is that uh, New Orleans has a great offensive line, uh, obviously Hall of Fame quarterback, and they probably will be getting Michael Thomas back. Most likely it's looking like Michael Thomas will be back. I don't know if Michael Thomas is going to be 100%, but even 80 to 90%. Michael Thomas is better than most wide receivers in the league. So so I could see Michael Thomas having a pretty good game, but I don't think he's going to have a ceiling game. I think the Lions defense can contain him, but I think he still will get have a decent game, but not enough to pay off an expensive price. Um, I, I really think that Michael Thomas eats into Alvin Kamara's production a little bit here, and Alvin Kamara might not get this massive target upside that he had. And also I noticed in last week's game that uh, – you know, Latavius Murray was getting most of the early down work. It's like they were protecting Kamara and it worked yep. beautifully. That strategy, it kept Kamara fresh so he could make those explosive plays. So in general, I'm not going to be on Elvin Kamara because there's so much like mid-tier, uh, lower price running backs that I love and mid-tier uh, running backs that I love that I'll get at lower ownership. Elvin Kamara is projected to be the top running back by most experts on this entire slate. And he's probably going to be the highest owned. People are going to pay up for him. But I think you can get different by fading Elvin Kamara here because I think the Lions defense are are actually better than what people give him credit for. And I don't think a lot of people know that. So that's kind of where I'm at here. I did write Elvin Kamara's down, but I just think he's a little bit too expensive and he's relying on the passing passing work here. And then on the Lions side, uh, you know, I would say probably, uh, you know, the guys I like the most are Kenny Galladay. Uh, surprisingly, Marshawn Lattimore has been pretty bad in coverage this year. You know, really bad coverage grade. He's been getting beat a lot. Uh, he's still a respectable corner, but I think Galladay can beat him, and Galladay's finally healthy. Stafford loves him. They usually play good together at home, and they're going to have to pass because we're likely probably will be down in this game. So I like Kenny Galladay in that mid-tier price. He's pretty cheap on DraftKings, by the way, at $6,000. I think that's a little too cheap. Um, and then TJ Hawkinson should be in line for a good game. You know, it's been pretty well documented that New Orleans has struggled. Remember when Darren Waller kind of went off sure against do. them? Oh, yeah. Know. So they've had they've been struggling against tight ends and Hawkinson, I think, tends to play better with Galladay in the lineup because Galladay attracts so much attention from the safeties and the corners. So I think that they will have a lot of design plays to get Hawkinson open. And he's been very consistent, at, obviously, and I think he could be due for a ceiling game here. And he's still really cheap because he hasn't had that massive ceiling game. So you can buy low on Hawkinson here. And, you know, I think he's a great tight end to play at a, at a pretty affordable price here. Uh, and that's kind of the extent of what I'm looking at in this game. I'm not looking to really stack this game, even though it's a high over under, because I feel like New Orleans defense is pretty tough. And I think the Lions defense, Detroit's defense is improved and it may not be just a lead pipe lock to throw Kamara in there like people think it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, let me hit on Hawkinson first. He is one of my favorite tight ends. You mentioned how much success Waller had against New Orleans. And let's not forget about last week in primetime, 
what the Green Bay tight ends did. They went eight for 86 and a touchdown. Uh, Tanyan and Jay Sternberger uh, really had success there. So I, I liked Hawkinson as well here. And then on the Saints side, you know, the way to beat Detroit, it does seem like it's on the ground. And that's why Kamara is so popular here in terms of the projections of, of ownership. But I, you make a good point with Murray, his presence there. And why is he there? He's there to, to run the ball and pick up four and five at a time and protect Kamara long term. Um, and so with Kamara being a little bit more expensive, um, I, I, I'm planning to shy away from him in my main build as well. Go for more of the mid-tier. You know, I, I do have some interest in Murray um, because I think they'll they'll lean on him if they can. But you know, he's up at almost five thousand on DraftKings, so it's it's tough to get to either one of them because we know they are going to split the workload. So uh, I, I may not get too much exposure to the Saints. I do want to mention their tight end situation. Jared Cook is questionable with a groin. Looks like he might be out. If he is. The backup most likely to step up is Adam Troutman. He's only uh, 2.5 on DraftKings, so minimum price. Um, if you want to save some money there, you could go there in a GPP. All right, Shane, game number three, we've got Arizona traveling to Carolina. And Arizona, the three-point road favorites on BetUS, over under of 51. Uh, Carolina coming off that first win for Coach Rule. 21-16 over the Chargers. Uh, so another game with a total just over 50. Anyone you like here? Yeah, I think on the Arizona side, I'm not a big Kyler Murray guy. I was off him last week, and he, he had a you know just an average game. He still put up production despite those three interceptions. But uh, I actually do like Kyler Murray going on the road. Uh, you know he should have to throw quite a bit, and this should be a pretty fat you know pretty fast paced game. Uh, good spot, you know, fairly high over under here in a, in a fairly easy matchup. A lot of people haven't had to throw that much against Carolina because they've just run the ball on them so much and they've gotten such a big lead. But I think Carolina at home could score a little bit on the Arizona uh, deep uh, Arizona defense and actually cause this to be a little bit of a shootout. And I like Kyler Murray in this game because he's not going to be under that much pressure from Carolina. Um, I think that they should be very solid in, ter in terms of pass blocking here. Uh, and uh, give him a lot of time. Uh, the only thing that makes me a little nervous is DeAndre Hopkins popped up on the uh, injury report with an ankle injury, and he didn't practice here on Thursday. So if DeAndre Hopkins is a full goal in playing, in playing I like stacking Hopkins with Kyler Murray in this matchup. Uh, if Hopkins is out, then I might be a little more nervous on that. Um, and then you can also take a look at Kenyon Drake. You know, obviously this is his best matchup he's had all year, and they might rely on that run game uh, a little bit here and exploit that matchup. And Kenyon Drake is kind of due for a breakout as well. Although when I've watched him, he hasn't looked extremely explosive. He's looked okay, but I haven't been that impressed when I've actually watched him play. Um, so that's my only thing about Kenyon Drake. Um, but he is pretty talented, and he's got an easy matchup here. Uh, and then on the Carolina side, uh, you know, I'm liking Mike Davis again. I was really high on Mike Davis last week, and he he performed well at a low price. Even with his price up a little bit, he's pretty much their bell cow for Carolina. 
and it's kind of a neutral matchup. You know, Arizona's definitely not an easy matchup, but they're not dominant against the run. And even if they stop him in the run game, Mike Davis gets a ton of work in the passing game. Um, so I feel like in a, in a if they can keep this game close, uh, Mike Davis should be a big part of that. He's going to get the red zone work, the goal line work. He gets the passing work. He's pretty much like I called him last week, the poor man's Christian McCaffrey, and you get him at a cheap price here. So I like him. And then the other guy I like for Carolina that I think is due for a big blow up here is DJ Moore, the wide receiver here. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, Anderson's done well for him, you know, the deep threat there, Robbie Anderson. But I think DJ Moore's due for a big game. And this is a great matchup. Uh, he's projected to be on mostly on Drake or Patrick. So whether he's on Kirkpatrick or Patrick Peterson, I think. DJ Moore, I don't think they're going to be able to cover him. I think he's going to absolutely be able to burn them. Um, and I can see him, uh, you know, he might be a little reliant on the run after the catch. Maybe Bridgewater will actually take a few deep shots. I just think it's a great matchup against these corners in a game where they're going to have to throw the ball and score a lot to keep up with this high, high, you know, high-powered Arizona offense. So I like DJ Moore, and he's still reasonably priced on DraftKings, for example. He's all the way down at 5,600. I think that's way too cheap, and I think he's due for a blow-up and a great, great matchup, a great game environment here. So those are the main guys I'm looking at in this game, and I, I do like this game, obviously. Okay. Yeah, that's big news with with Hopkins for Arizona. So we'll check on the injury report as we head through the weekend. I'm looking at Drake a little bit more than usual. I don't know if I've played him yet this season, actually. Uh, Just looking at some of the past performances here, we saw what Josh Jacobs did in week one against Carolina, and then the Tampa Bay running backs had a lot of success in week two. Um, And then last week it was Eckler, you know, catching 11 balls for 84. Uh, So, you know, running backs have been successful against Carolina in different ways. So I'm, I'm interested in Drake. He's got good price on DraftKings. Problem is he hasn't caught too many balls, so I think the focus would be more on what he can do rushing the ball. We've got Chase Edmonds there uh, sort of interfering with his touches uh, in terms of the receptions. But I like Drake there. And then with Carolina, I just don't quite trust that passing game yet. I do like your game script that if they're trailing, they're going to have to throw. Um, I'm just I'm a little bit nervous about playing anybody from that side. I do kind of like the the home run upside of Robbie Anderson. Um, But, uh, you know, if you're feeling that strongly about it as we get into Sunday, then uh, maybe I'll get some DJ Moore in my lineups as well. All right, game four, Shane. The Jaguars are going to be very rested uh, after playing last Thursday night. They're going to travel to play Cincinnati. Jags are one and two. Bengals coming off that tie against Philly. They're 0-2-1. And Bengals are the home favorites uh, by three, over under 49. And uh, let me start us off on this one because I'm interested in in the uh, rushing games on both sides here. You know, the way to attack Cincinnati is certainly on the ground. They're giving up 182 yards per game. And so I'm looking at James Robinson. Um, Last week he showed great versatility against Miami. 11 carries for 46 and two scores. He caught six balls for 83. He's 6,500 on DraftKings. So I like him quite a bit here. Again, with that extra rest, I love that setup for a running back. And then on the other side, uh, we talked before that uh, Thursday night game about the running backs against Jacksonville and their receptions. And that was a huge edge for us. We were all over Miles Gaskin. And he caught five for 29. 
against the Jaguars. So I'm looking at Mixon and Gio Bernard. Um, you know, Mixon, uh, he, he's sort of underwhelmed so far, and he doesn't get as many receptions as Gio Bernard. Mixon had two catches last week. He's had seven on the year. Gio had three catches last year. He's had 12 on the year. Um, so I kind of wanted to, you know, look at Gio Bernard as a cheap guy here, uh, especially on DraftKings uh, PPR. But he's 4,400. Mixon's 5,800. So they're pretty close in price. So I'm not quite as excited about playing either one of those guys, but I do really like James Robinson on the other side. So uh, what are your thoughts on the running backs here and, and the rest of this matchup? You know, I think James Robinson's going to get quite a bit of ownership. Um, and his price has went up, though, since he had that huge breakout performance, and he did look great in that game. Um, I just don't really like him, you know, going on the road here. Uh, I don't like the fact that, you know, overall the Jacksonville offense is pretty bad. Um, and I think that he did play well, but he it was kind of a perfect scenario for him in that game against Miami. You know, he scored all the touchdowns. He got all the garbage time production in the passing game. So I don't see a repeat of that, and I'm not willing to pay this slightly elevated price because there's guys that I can get to at a very similar price that I like that I think are in a lot better situation in terms of the offense and the matchup that I like. Uh, obviously, Cincinnati's a pretty good matchup here, but I don't think they're just completely – you know, I don't I don't think Jacksonville is just going to be able to completely dominate them. Um, so I'm not really on anyone on the Jacksonville side, but I, I completely understand. I mean, this guy is a, a, a star in the making. I just don't think he's going to have a repeat performance. And I feel like it's chasing that that performance on that Thursday night a little bit um, for this uh, for this particular player. But we'll see. You know, he's definitely talented. So uh, but I, I'm not really in love with it on the Cincinnati side. Um, I love Tyler Boyd here. Uh, he's going up against DJ Hayden in the slot. Tyler Boyd's just been absolutely just, you know, uh, uncoverable pretty much. And Joe Burrow's throwing a lot. Um, and I think that's a, one of the best ways to attack the Jacksonville defense. Uh, the Cincinnati offensive line is not very good. That's why Joe Mixon hasn't really been able to get it going in the running game. And Jacksonville's pretty decent at stopping the run. They're pretty physical up front. So I think you got to attack them in the passing game. So, I like uh, Joe Burrow for GPPs. I think that, you know, he's priced up a little bit, but I think Joe Burrow has a pretty high upside here. And uh, he's got a lot of young, good weapons here. You know, I know T Higgins kind of popped off last week, but I just really like the matchup for Tyler Boyd. And in that $6,000 price range, I think Tyler Boyd is still way underpriced um, for an elite matchup um, and uh, fairly high over under in, in a at home favored uh, with a really talented young uh, quarterback that throws to him. I love Tyler Boyd here at $6,000. So that's the main guy that I like here for Cincinnati. Um, I, I can't really get to the Cincinnati running back just because the blocking has been horrible. I think Jacksonville can stop them. And I don't trust Jacksonville's offense of any player, even though James Robinson looks great. I don't trust him. So that, that's kind of where I'm at with this game. All right. Yeah, I'm, 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 I support the Boyd play as well. So uh, let's transition to the next one. We've got the Browns. Traveling to Texas to play the Cowboys, Browns two and one, Cowboys one and two, uh, 56 here on the over-under on BetUS. Cowboys favored by four and a half, uh, so certainly looking like some points here. Where are you looking for uh, the fantasy production to come from? You know, the thing I don't like about this game, I feel like I would definitely bet the under. I feel like 56 is way too high. I mean, that's near the the, the over under that was you the know Brown, the Browns the game playing, last right? week. Yeah, because the, the Browns, Browns are playing. Game. 
<laughs> yeah, the Browns are involved, exactly. And the Browns could, uh, you know, the Browns have a, a great uh, 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 run-blocking scheme. They have great running backs. Kareem Hunt might be out injured, though, so we have to check and see if Kareem Hunt's even going to play this week. Um, and if Kareem Hunt's out, that kind of makes Nick Chubb kind of chalky. Um, but Dallas is pretty stout against the run. They're, they're, not, they're decent enough to contain you. And if you want to attack Dallas, it's typically through the passing game. But can you really trust Baker Mayfield and, you know, uh, you know Odell Beckham, who doesn't seem to be that, that great right now either, and Jarvis Landry, he seems to be still, like, injured. So, so the problem is here is that I don't know Nick Chubb. I normally love him, but I don't like the matchup against Dallas. I think they're pretty decent. Dallas is a pretty big favorite here, so it's not a great game script either for Nick Chubb. Um, so I feel like this game is going to be a little bit slower pace compared to that Dallas-Seattle game last week and a lot more running and clock control you know, ball time of possession, ball control, and it's going to make it go the under. And I don't think you're going to get elite upside fantasy level production here. Um, so that that's why I'm not really loving this game. So I think you can take a look at Nick Chubb because he's super talented. And if Kareem hunts out, he's going to get all the workload. And I think uh, even though Dallas has been decent, Cleveland's pretty good at run blocking and Nick Chubb is an elite back. So that's the, that's the one guy I would look at for Cleveland, but he's not my top. He's not uh, among my top choices. Uh, for running backs. And then on the Dallas side, um, I like CeeDee Lamb in this in this game uh, because I think that uh, I would rather go against the slot and attack the middle of the field against Cleveland's uh, pass defense than try to go against, you know, their outside corners, I think, are pretty good with, uh, you know, Ward out there. So I feel like CeeDee Lamb would be due for a pretty big game here, and he's still in that $5,000 range, you know, fifty-six dollars to $5,400 range. So CeeDee Lamb is a guy that I like in the matchup here. Someone's got to score for for Dallas. It's just a matter of figuring out what matchup you like because I don't think the Cleveland defense is that bad. I think they're pretty competitive. And the way this over-under is and the total for Dallas, you would think that the Cle Cleveland is one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, but I just don't think this game is going to go the way Vegas thinks it's going to go. So that's what I, I'm not that interested in. It. Are you thinking kind of the same thing here, or do you have some really good plays you like here? Well, there's there's two plays that I like, but I, I do agree with you that if the if Cleveland can have this game go as planned, then it will go under. Because you know Stefanski wants to run the ball, and they certainly don't want to see the Cowboys going up and down the field. So they're going to try and manage the clock, run it, and uh, keep it lower scoring. So Chubb certainly in play, but also not my favorite. I am interested in Jarvis Landry, though. I know he hasn't done too much here, but if you look at what Lockett just did with the Cowboys in the slot and, and Ridley, I mean, they, they just gashed him. So maybe this is time for you know somebody in that Cleveland passing game to finally wake up. So I'm going to have some exposure to Jarvis Landry. And then on the Cowboys side, you mentioned sort of attacking towards the middle of the field. And it usually is, is a, a solid approach here in, in recent uh, last couple of years to attack Cleveland with your tight end. We saw what Mark Andrews did in, in the opener, a couple touchdowns. And then we saw what Cincinnati did with Uzama and Sample catching all those balls. So I like Dalton Schultz here at 4.3. Uh, on DraftKings. He's right in that same price range as TJ Hawkinson. Uh, so those guys are, are very attractive to me as tight ends. Nice value play there, then. That's good. Excellent. All right, let's go to another high total game. The Vikings and the Texans, both 0-3. Uh, this one's going to be played in Houston. The Texans are four-and-a-half point favorites at home with an over-under of 54-and-a-half. Uh, now, with this higher total... 
any interest in this one? Yeah, I, I really love this game. I think that both the defenses are kind of suspect. Both offenses have some really talented uh, talented players, some skilled position players there, good scheme. So definitely like this one. This is a, you know, the thing I love about the Houston Tech and Texans is they've had a, just an absolute brutal matchup, you know, this year. I mean, if you look at it, I don't, I don't know who was, uh, you know, the NFL apparently just hated the Houston Texans this year or something because to start off against Kansas City, and then Baltimore, and then have to go to Pittsburgh. I mean, I couldn't think of a much more of a difficult schedule than that in the AFC, especially. Those yep. are probably the top three teams in the AFC. So that's how they started. So, and they've done okay. They've put up some production against those teams. But the fact that now they have a great matchup against Minnesota uh, at home, and they're desperate for a win, uh, you know, you got to love Houston here. All right. So uh, I think that they have an improved offensive line. I think their offense is great. So I love Deshaun Watson here. This is setting up uh, great for a Deshaun Watson uh, game here in one of his ceiling games. And I think that he can outscore some of the higher price quarterbacks, but be it like that more, more mid-tier price um, and probably be a little bit lower ownership here. I mean, I think he's going to warrant some ownership, but there's so many other high price quarterbacks that people are going to be on. So got to love Deshaun uh, Watson here. And then I like pairing him with Will Fuller. I feel like Will Fuller has a great matchup here. I don't think they have anyone in their secondary that can keep up with him. Um, I think he's the number one wide receiver here. I mean, they have other targets as well. You know, uh, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, those guys are pretty solid. But I love Will Fuller here. Um, and then I also love David Johnson. You know, his price over on DK is 5600 I mean, he's too cheap on both sites. So David Johnson in a great, great matchup here. They're going to run him. He's going to get pass down block. He gets goal line work. He gets a little everything. And David Johnson looks great. You know, I was pretty much on him all offseason, really high on him the, the whole season. And I talked about how Bill O'Brien is going to be determined to prove that he made the right trade with that. And the guy's also producing. And they're finally in a good matchup. So I really can't blame this Houston team for being 0-3. I think that's the most difficult schedule that I've ever seen to start the year. <laughs> and, you know, I think all those three teams are really good teams. So I think he Houston is uh, due for a big blow up here. The nice thing is Minnesota has some talented players on the other side. Elvin Cook's looking really good. Uh, he, you know, he's looking elite level right here. The run blocking and their scheme's good. So although their passing game's not great, their run game is just dominant and elite here. So you got to like Delvin Cook, and he's a guy that's probably worth paying up for. Uh, I'd rather pay up for him than Alvin Kamara all day. He's going to get the production. He's going to get you know, passed on work. And he's just, as a, as a runner, he's looking real good. And Houston is kind of a subpar matchup against the run here that, you know, you can run against him. And then you can go right back to the well here. This is going to feel a little bit chasey, even though that's not a word, but it's going to feel like you're chasing it a little bit is Justin Jefferson. Um, if Justin Jefferson is going to be their solid in coverage this week, this year, shutting down pretty good uh, wide receivers. And Adam Thielen hasn't looked great on the outside, but Justin Jefferson is an ascending player. Obviously, he had that huge blow-up game, and he's in the slot against Vernon Hargraves. He'll get a lot of coverage there, and that's an elite-level matchup in terms of being able to produce here. And they're in most likely they could be down in this game if if it, if Houston's going to blow up like I'm predicting here. So I you could run it back with Justin Jefferson in the five thousand dollar range as a cheap guy, um, or you can run it back with Dalvin Cook or maybe both. You can do a complete game stack here. But yeah, it, out of all games to stack, this is the game by far that I love the most for game stacking yeah I, I like your your breakdown here i'm going to stack deshaun with will fuller in a bunch of lineups i also like david johnson and dalvin cook coming back uh, the texans giving up 180 yards on average so just terrific matchups there 
so uh, giddy up. Let's get a bunch of exposure to this game and um, and keep cruising along. Nice. Okay, there's the next one o'clock game is another high total. It's 54 as Seattle is traveling to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Seattle is a six and a half point favorite uh, on the road, undefeated at three and zero. Miami one and two, and man, Seattle haven't they been in some high scoring games here? 38-25 with Atlanta, 35-30 with New England, and 38-31 with Dallas. So certainly makes sense that you've got that total there. Miami's defense is not strong. In fact, they are weak. Um, so uh, lots of exciting uh, potential here. We do have some injury news, of course, with Seattle. Carson questionable, and Carlos Hyde, in fact, is questionable too. So we'll have to wait until uh, Sunday uh, to really make our decision there with, with the backfield. But um, with another mid-50s total here, uh, are you interested in this one? Yeah, I think this this is a great game. I mean, the only the only concern here is that Seattle goes down there and blows them out. Um, and they are six point favorites. But the fact that they're on the road having to go into Miami, it's a little bit more tougher environment. So I don't know if they're just going to completely blow them out. And Seattle's defense has looked really bad. So Miami should be able, should be able to keep up and score with them there. Um, so it's just I don't I, I still see Seattle controlling this game and getting a pretty good lead. And in the second half that, uh, you know, we, I always bring up, you know, let Russ cook. I don't think Russ is going to have to cook in this one <laughs> where last week against Dallas, the way they always come back, he had to keep cooking. And when he was going against Atlanta and you got Matt Ryan and those guys on the other side, you had to keep let Russ cook. I don't think you're going to have to let him cook. And I think that they can run the ball and really exploit the matchup against the Miami uh, run defense here. So whether it's uh, Carson or Hyde, we're going to have to really keep our eye on those injury reports so we can project this. Um, this is one of the early games. So because I am interested in Seattle's running game here, you know, if you can get Carlos Hyde at a value price or something, you know, that's something I might be interested in, especially if Chris Carson's out, because I could see this being a big game where they go back to old school football and kind of protect protect Russell Wilson a little bit. There's no re- need for him to sling the ball around and expose himself in a game that they should win easily. Um, but we'll see. On the other side, you got Fitz, Fitzpatrick, who's a uh, you know, pretty scrappy quarterback, and he's a nice GPP play, I think, over on DraftKings at 5,400, just because Seattle doesn't have much of a pass rush, and Fitzpatrick is not afraid to sling the ball around. Even if he throws picks, he doesn't really care. Uh, if, if you feel like uh, you like him because he had a little bit more bigger rest because they played on the Thursday night game last week, and if you feel like Devontae Parker is back healthy, he's a guy I could look at as well. Um, he was kind of laboring with that hamstring the other night. But if he's completely back uh, a little more healthy and feeling better where he can open up a little bit, they have a lot of weapons there with Gusecki and Preston Williams and Parker. So you could do some game stacks here or some some Miami stacks. And, you know, and on the on the uh, Seattle side, obviously, I like Russell Wilson. I'm just a little afraid about the amount of volume he might get here. But even if he doesn't get that much volume, he can still produce. It's just he's very expensive. Uh, and then Tyler Lockett's in a great slot, a great position again. It seems like it's kind of a broken record, but his prices went up a little bit. But the fact that he's in that slot coverage, uh, he's mostly lined up in the slot where Miami's weak. Uh, he's projected to go up against Jamal Perry in coverage, who's really low rated for coverage. He probably avoids, for the most part, Xavier Howard, who's their best cornerback. Um, and DK Metcalf will probably be up against Howard, which make, makes me feel like DK Metcalf's 
upside is limited a little bit. I know that DK Metcalf has shown that he's, he's sort of matchup proof, but I think Xavier Howard's big and physical enough to at least contain him. Um, where Tyler Lockett, I don't think they have anyone that can contain him. So that's why I like Tyler Lockett here. Um, so yeah, this is a very interesting game. I'm a little bit worried about the blowout, but I probably will have a little bit of exposure here to a couple of these guys, uh, most likely. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Russell is a little scary just because of his price tag with the potential blowout. You figure they're going to try and run it because they can. So uh, it'll just come down to the news. I also, you know, if, if Carson's out, you know, Hyde's certainly in play, but you can also look at Travis Homer. I, I do like him on uh, on DraftKings uh, due to the PPR uh, format. So um, you could use him in GPPs. And yes, I also like the idea of stacking Fitzpatrick and Parker in GPPs on DraftKings. You know, Seattle's giving up 439 yards passing per game. And Fitzpatrick can sling it. You know, he might also mix in a, an interception or two, but uh, that won't hold down him from paying off his value um, if he can stay healthy and, um, you know, connect with those receivers and have Parker be healthy. All right, Shane, next game, we're kind of kind of come back down to earth with these totals. It's 43 uh, as the Chargers travel to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, seven-point home favorites. They're two and one. Uh, Chargers, one and two. You know, my only interest here, really, I'll just jump right to it, is the Tampa defense. Um, you know, they're a nice price on DraftKings at 3.4. They've been absolutely awesome against the rush, only giving up 70 yards a game on the ground and passing only 265. So total of 335 per game. You know, I know... Um, you know, Herbert is off to a good start here, but, you know, with all these high total games, we've already talked about it. At some point, we've got to pick a defense. What do you think about the, the Buccaneers defense? Yeah, the Buccaneers defense, I do like them. And I was kind of in the same page here that I'm not going to be getting a lot of exposure to this game, just the way it's set up. Um, Tampa Bay's defense is pretty affordable. Uh, on DK at 3,400, uh, you know, they're up in the high tier on FanDuel 4,700. But yeah, like Tampa Bay's defense, they're playing at an elite level. They're going to be going up against a rookie quarterback who's got to travel on the road here. Um, they the Tampa Bay has the, the secondary to match up with the likes of, you know, Keenan Allen and those type of guys. Uh, and they have a pe good pass rush and they can definitely cause some issues uh, for the Chargers offensive line. That's not really that great. Um, so I do like the Tampa Bay defense here at home against a rookie. Uh, seven point big 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 uh, seven point favorites. It's a little hard to figure out the Tampa Bay running game. I think that's a, the you know yes. would be a decent spot to attack here. They they have a great running scheme and Tom Brady's kind of like the general. He doesn't really have to pass that much right now. Um, but really, who's who's it going to be? Is it going to be Ronald Jones or is it going to be Len Leonard Fournette? week and I don't really want to play that guessing game because I think both of them are going to produce probably and yeah. split carries in this game um and then the other guy who's a super deep sleeper is uh for Tampa Bay uh I'm looking at Justin Watson he's near minimum price and the reason why I'm looking at him Chris Godwin's out with a hamstring injury and Scotty Miller hasn't been practicing and has been out as well if both of those starting receivers are out then that leaves them only with pretty much Mike Evans Justin Watson is the next man up, and he will get quite a bit of uh, targets and quite a bit of routes run here in this game and uh, a lot of snaps. So, um, and they they uh, they can uh, you know pass a little bit against uh, you know the Chargers are pretty tough uh, pass defense here, but they did lose Chris Harris. They're, they're one of their star corners, so they're a little bit vulnerable in the slot. And Justin Watson is a big slot type guy. 
who showed a little bit of upside when he played last year when they had all the injuries. Um, and he's super cheap. He's near minimal price on both sides. So that's a guy I'll keep my eye on, assuming that Godwin and Scotty Miller is out. You know, someone's got to catch the ball. I think they're going to at least pass a little bit. You know, I don't think they're just going to 100% run in this game. So, <laughs> and, you know, he's got Tom Brady. So, yeah, so I think that that could be something good if if, if you Tampa Bay is going to be a big favorite here. Uh, that could be a good spot uh, for – it wouldn't be hard for him to – to beat the uh, value at 3,400 on DraftKings and 46 on FanDuel. It wouldn't take much at all. So Yeah, nice nice call there uh, for GPPs. And uh, we've got McCoy in the backfield too, catching passes. So I'm going to stay away from that uh, Tampa backfield for now. All right, Shane, the last 1 o'clock game is another lower total. It's 45-and-a-half as the Ravens are traveling to Washington to take on the football team there. Uh, Ravens 13-point favorites. So I'll, I'll start the same way here. Uh, I'm interested in the Ravens defense potentially at 4,000 on DraftKings, a little bit more expensive than the Buccaneers, but are, are they an option for you? Yeah, I like Baltimore's defense against, you know, a banged up Washington team and a, a very erratic uh, Dwayne Haskins here. Uh, you know, it's hard to trust his accuracy and his poise under pressure, and they don't really have that much of a dominant running game to take the pressure off him. And it, you know, I like this is like kind of like the angry Baltimore narrative. You know, you know, I'm a big fan of Baltimore. They were a huge letdown on, Mon- on Monday Night Football. Yes. Kansas, Kansas City absolutely annihilated them in pretty much every aspect of the game. But it doesn't mean Baltimore all of a sudden is a horrible team. They're still a really good team. It's just Kansas City executed on all levels, had a way better game plan, way better coaching and execution. So I like the angry Baltimore narrative here. Uh, they go into Washington and just completely just annihilate this team. Uh, and I think that the, with the pressure they put on an offense and Washington has some offensive line injuries, you know, most of their best offensive lines are, are injured or or questionable. Um, so their offensive line is weak. They have a quarterback who's erratic and they don't really have that many weapons outside of Terry McLaurin, who's a player that I really like. I just don't like him in this matchup. So I love Baltimore's defense. And I think some people may not want to pay up that much for it because there's a lot of other defenses you can pay a little less and save a little money that are really good defenses. But I think Baltimore has the highest upside and that's what we're going for. Similar to the Indianapolis Colts last week had the highest upside and that produced for us. So that's why I'm going to be on Baltimore's defense because I feel like they have the highest upside here to really blow up and uh, with the angry Baltimore defense narrative here. Yeah, I like that narrative. They should they should be angry after that performance. Kansas yeah. City just did whatever they wanted. Um, I do want to mention the Ravens backfield. Uh, it's a situation I want to avoid. And let me give you the carries for the three guys here. It's a three-headed monster. Ingram's carry totals, 10, 9, and 7. J.K. Dobbins, 7, 2, and 1. Gus Edwards, 4, 10, and 4. So I'm just going to avoid the backfield, probably look at that defense, and otherwise avoid this game. Yeah, I think it's interesting because the two backups, Mark Ingram's technically the starter, but J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards look way better than Ingram. Right. They both exactly. look really good. Yep. If just one of those guys would get like 60, 70% of the work, they would be like, you know, RB ones. But yep. since, you know, you know, they're Baltimore's looking to play real life football, not fantasy football. So they don't really care if they just split and keep all these guys fresh for a playoff. Exactly. Because obviously, yeah. So, and just, you know, so there's really no sense of uh, trying to figure out which guy is going to be the guy this week. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is kind of contrarian. If you pay up for him, 
because he's been kind of bad lately and he could have a bounce back game here against a pretty, uh, you know, they, uh, Washington doesn't have chase young, you know, their star defensive end. So he's out injured. They're a little bit banged up there. So Lamar Jackson could have one of those big ceiling games here and be, he's actually going to be kind of low owned to pay up for him. He's kind of contrarian. So I like him kind of in tournaments. And then I like Mark Andrews. He should be able to have, a bounce back game against a pretty good matchup here. And, you know, I think he's worth paying up for as well. Um, there are some good value tight ends, but I think it's, again, it's contrarian to pay up for Mark Andrews after a disappointing game. He could have a big bounce back game here as well. Okay. All right. Well, before we get to the four o'clock games, just want to take a quick moment and hear a word from our partners at BetUS. Wake up, sports bettors. Sports are in high gear at BetUS.com, so put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line at BetUS. Earn bragging rights over your friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry, BetUS. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, but more importantly, you need a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, basketball, MMA, golf, horse racing, and even esports. No other sportsbook welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw-dropping sign-up bonuses. Sign up now with promo code COACHTALK for 125% sign-up bonus up to two grand. The best in the biz. Now you have the best book in the business with the best DFS provider in the business, Coach Talk. Create your account to make point spread bets, futures bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sports book is as committed to their members as BetUS. Sign up now and get in on the winning side of the ball. All right. Welcome back. Um, thank you so much from, uh, for our, from our partners at BetUS, that terrific offer. Uh, Shane, we've got three 4 o'clock games uh, to dissect here. Giants 0-3 traveling to take on the Rams 2-1 coming off that heartbreaking loss to Buffalo. They are the 13-point home favorites, though. Over under 48. Uh, Giants are averaging 12.7 points per game on offense. They are an absolute mess. So the Rams are another defense in play for me. But uh, any targets for you in this matchup? You know, uh, I I kind of like Daryl Henderson for the Rams here. I mean, if you look at this, uh, he's a huge favorite at home against, uh, you know, a middle-of-the-road run defense. Uh, Giants are decent against the run, um, but Henderson has been really good. Uh, the blocking for the Rams, the run blocking has been graded really high. Their schemes are great, and Henderson seems to really finally be fitting in this scheme, and it's pretty much his backfield right now. Um, for him to go into Buffalo and have 114 rushing yards and a touchdown last week was pretty impressive there. He's not getting much work in the pass down, but you never know. He might get some passing work here as well. Um, so it's a good game script for Henderson, and he's still fairly cheap. So I think it's, he's a good guy to take advantage of why he's still mid mid price there before it goes way up um, in a good, pretty good situation. And then I think you can take a look at uh, Cooper Cup. I was on him last week, and he had a blow-up spot. I think he was only 3% ownership. I played him in DraftKings. And and uh, kind of projected that as a big blow up spot. I think he's worth paying up for. Uh, the slot corner Darnay Holmes for the Giants is really bad, really really low rated. Um, so they will uh, most likely be targeting Cooper Cup early and often here, and he could have another blow up game here. Uh, they do have a really high total, over 30 point uh, implied total for the Rams. So again, this is a lot of scoring on the Rams side you can take advantage of. And then uh, also like you, I really like the Rams defense. 
Rams defense is going to be probably the highest owned defense is the only issue, but they are looking really good against Daniel Jones, who is prone to making mistakes. Uh, and their offense, their defensive line could, should be able to dominate against the Giants' shaky offensive line here and cause a lot of issues for Daniel Jones. Uh, and, you know, obviously the Giants have lost a lot of their good skill position players. So it's a great matchup here uh, for the Rams. I still feel I'm kind of leaning between them two, but I still feel like Baltimore might have a little higher upside here, even though they have to go on the road. They're not really traveling that far. It's basically a short bus ride for Baltimore to go to the D.C., right? So, uh, so I think that uh, I'm, I'm still liking Baltimore, but if I need to uh, save a couple hundred dollars and go down, uh, I will go to the Rams defense because I think they're one of the best plays here as well. Yeah, I think I lean towards the Ravens D as well, um, but certainly the Rams are in play and just want to follow up with a couple stats. You know, Henderson had 21 touches last week and there were some pretty sizable holes. I got to see most of that game and so he really took advantage of it and he is getting the touches. So you could look there. I also like Cooper Cup. Uh, we saw what Deontay Johnson did in that same spot against the Giants. So I like Cup. Um, certainly going to avoid that Giants backfield. That's an absolute mess. If you had to play somebody for the Giants, you could go with Evan Ingram. He has 20 targets on the season, 11 receptions. And the Rams have, have given up some fantasy points to opposing tight ends. But uh, probably won't get too much exposure to this game. Uh, Cooper Cup, probably my favorite play overall. All right, the next game, man, what a matchup. We got the Patriots traveling to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs have, you know, short rest after that win against Baltimore, but they got to be feeling good after that dominant performance. And they are seven-point favorites on BetUS, over under a 53. Uh, we've got a real crowded backfield now with the Patriots as James White looks like he'll be back. Damian Harris looks like he'll be back. So it's not going to be the, the Burkhead show probably all by himself like it was against the Raiders. That, uh, that was like a once a millennial call that you pre- yeah. you actually predicted the correct New England Patriots running back to go off at low yeah. ownership because yeah. that's almost impossible to do. That only happens like once every thousand years. So congratulations <laughs> there. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I was yeah. excited. We got him in our, our FanDuel GPP and we had him at less than 1% on FanDuel. And he absolutely went off. Um, what was it? Almost 50 yards receiving and rushing, got in the end zone three times. Uh, that was terrific. So, um, but with all those running backs, I, I'm not going to use any of them this week. So there will be no uh, millennial call on the on the Patriots backfield this week. But what are your thoughts on the rest of this matchup? You know, this is a really tough one because I mean, you'd like to have exposure to a 53 over under, but. You feel like both defenses are solid and they're going to kind of limit the up to the massive upside of each each player on each side. So, I mean, because Cam Newton's really good. But I think if you looked at how good Kansas City's defense played against. Uh, not really loving Cam Newton here and his weapons because I feel like Kansas City has the players to uh, to take him out of the game a little bit and limit his upside. And then on the Kansas City side, the same thing. I think New England, although their defense isn't as dominant as they were last year, they still have a great secondary. I think they have some guys that can match up against these skill players. And I know it's hard to cover all these guys, so someone's going to get theirs for Kansas City, but it's really hard to project, you know, which players Bill Belichick's trying to take 
take out of it and what where the production will go. Um, and I feel so I feel like, yeah, Mahomes is probably a decent play, but I don't know if he's my top choice to pay up for a quarterback. And I just feel like, yeah, it's going to be a moderately high scoring game, but I don't think it's going to really uh, smash the over here. And it's a little hard to project where the production is going to come from. Because I think both coaches are really good at scheming and really good at game planning and really good at uh, finding the you know projected matchups and taking away some of the best players. So that so for them all those reasons, I'm not loving this game for DFS, even though it's a pretty high over under. It's a really tricky one. Did did you crack the code on this one and you know exactly which players are going to be the best plays? <laughs> I won't I won't go that far in terms of of a prediction. I agree with you. It's a lot harder to predict in this matchup. Uh, because of all the weapons, because of the scheming that you mentioned, um, Tyreek Hill is is in play for me. Uh, you know, working out of the slot, we saw Renfro have success against the Patriots last week, and then Miko Hardman. If they're going to drop some plays for him and uh, unleash him and send him deep multiple times, then I do like his price at four point three. Because you know, if you if you try to hold down Kelsey and Hill. You know, there's room for him to slip through the cracks and, and beat you over the top. So that's one guy that I might look at uh, to get some exposure to this game. But for the most part, I'm, I'm going to avoid it uh, because there are so many different weapons. All right, Shane, one more game to go here. It is a 425 kickoff. The undefeated Buffalo Bills, 3-0, and traveling to Vegas to take on the Raiders, 2-1, and uh, 52.5. Over under on BetUS, the Bills are three point road favorites. Who do you like in this one? Uh, you know, I'm not, uh, there's a few players that I like here, definitely not stacking this game, but uh, I think on the Buffalo side, I don't know if I love Josh Allen here. I think that he's due for a little bit of regression. He's obviously had like an MVP caliber type. Uh, season so far, but I don't know if he's going to be my favorite quarterback here. I would say one of his targets I like is Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs, I think, in a matchup against a pretty weak Raiders secondary, should be able to probably you know catch a couple deep balls and get some production here. Um, I know John Brown was banged up this week, uh, but John Brown probably is still going to play. But I think Stefan Diggs could definitely have a big game against them. It's just Stefan Diggs is pretty expensive. He's near that $7,000 range on FanDuel and DraftKings, so I don't know if he's worth paying up that much for or not. Uh, on the Raiders side, I like Darren Waller. Uh, Buffalo's pretty weak against the tight end here, and uh, I think Darren Waller can expose that matchup. Uh, and he's pretty cheap on uh, DraftKings at 5,200 and uh, kind of mid mid high and Fanduel 6,700. So I think Darren Waller in a bounce back spot here after getting shut down by the Patriots, which we talked about how that would probably happen last week, uh, how they would game plan to stop him. I don't think it's going to be the same thing with uh, Buffalo, and I think he can expose Buffalo's weakness of covering uh, athletic tight ends here. And um, I actually do like Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs is kind of sneaky in this game. Uh, he's had some pretty tough matchups. He hasn't really went off the last couple of weeks here. Um, but I think bu uh, Buffalo is perceived as a dominant run defense, similar to when I was talking about Chicago against Jonathan Taylor. But I don't. If you look deeper into the stats and the ratings so far this year, Buffalo has not been dominant against the run. They're they're probably a little bit better against the pass than they are the run. So I think the Raiders, with their big offensive line, can run the ball, and I think that's going to be the game plan. I don't think you want Derek Carr to be passing a lot against these guys against their secondary for Buffalo. So I think the game plan is to just pound Josh Jacobs um, into, until he has a breakthrough. And I think this could be a good, nice blow up spot for Josh Jacobs. And I don't think that many people are going to be. Paying 
paying up for him because they're so focused on those other high price guys like Alvin Kamara, for example. So that's why I like Josh Jacobs. It's a nice sneaky play for him to have a blow up game here after a couple disappointing games. Yeah, I like the running backs in this one, too. Um, I like Jacobs. We, we saw what Daryl Henderson did to the Bills. Um, so 6.8, decent price on DraftKings. I'll, I'll run them out there for some uh, some of my some of my teams. And then on the Bills side, I agree. I'm not going to go with Allen. You know, Las Vegas only allowing 248 yards passing per game. I am looking more at Devin Singletary. Uh, I mean, he can fill that Burkhead role and uh, get get three scores against the Raiders, like like Burkhead did. Uh, you know, they use him uh, to run it and and catch it. And a couple of those goal line plays last week for the Bills. You know, Allen ran the option with Singletary, and he decided to keep it at the last second. You know, if he if he had pitched it to Singletary, he could have scored once or twice. And maybe this week they'll uh, they'll call on Devin uh, to finish it off on a couple drives. So he's yeah, in play I'm, for me. I probably feel better about Singletary if Zach Moss is out. Zach Moss is still questionable as of right, right. now. He's trending towards maybe being able to play. We'll see if he if he gets a full practice or even another limited practice Friday. I think he might play, and you know he's a pretty uh, pretty physical back. He's more their more their goal line short yardage type back. So so I'm a little bit concerned about that. And then you know me with Devin Singletary, I always say who's the number one uh, red zone rusher for the Buffalo Bills? Josh Allen, right? So yep. that always bothers me that like you know you you can't play Devin Devin Singletary and go dang Josh Allen just vultured the touchdown when you know that's right. going to happen almost every exactly. single time. Yep. So you you need Devin Singletary to break like a 25 to 30 yard like rushing or, or screen and take it to the house to get the touchdown. That seems to be the thing. And if, if that happens, he he could actually absolutely blow up and be a great DFS play. It's just, it, it feels like you need that to happen because he did have a few opportunities down there and he got stuffed at the goal line, you yes, know, last did. week. So, uh, so but yeah, yeah he, but he did look explosive. He looked very quick and explosive. So I think if Zach Moss is out, then yeah, you feel even better about that play. And yeah, hopefully he can actually get in the end zone and Josh, Josh Allen doesn't uh, vulture him again. Absolutely. So we'll be following that news on Moss and uh, building those lineups here as we get ready for Sunday. We'd love to have you join us as a member so we can give you those FanDuel lineups and the coach's clipboard on DraftKings and the Yahoo hybrid lineup. So go to DFSCoachTalk.com to pick up one of our memberships and we'll get you right into our Discord. And if you join uh, by Friday, we'll get you our NBA lineups on Friday, as well as our Major League Baseball lineups. We're Getting uh, another great day today in Major League Baseball. Going to win two days in a row. And we've been terrific on NBA throughout the bubble. So love to have you join us. Uh, please do hit that subscribe button on YouTube so you know when our podcasts post. Uh, social media, you can follow us all on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. Like I said, you can follow Shane at DET Sports Shane. You can find me at Language Olympic. And you can find the coach, Joe Sarvati, at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Charity of choice here at DFS Coach Talk, mambaon3.org. We want to thank our presenting sponsor one more time, uh, BetUS, a terrific partner. Thank you so much to them. Uh, use that promo code COACHTALK with your first deposit. Shane, any final words here for the main slate? No, I, th I, I think this is a, a great example of there's not a really chalky game or a real obvious place here, which creates a better edge for us as we dive a lot more into the matchups and, and use the eye test and hand build them 
um, this actually is a better slate for us to gain an edge, even though we've pretty much had an edge every single week. Uh, this is going to be even better for us because there's not real super obvious chalky plays here. And I, I like that. So we'll keep an eye on the news the next few days. But the way this slate is working out, uh, it's actually uh, looking like a great advantage for us. Yeah, I'm pumped. Can't wait to finalize it. So uh, thank you for all your hard work, Shane. Terrific, as always. And on behalf of the entire DFS Coach Talk team, I am Andrew Hansen. Thank you so much for joining us, and be sure to tune in again tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.